Is there a giant lurking behind the scenes, threatening to steal your joy? Discover how to banish fear and worry when you read Slaying the Giants in Your Life by Dr. David Jeremiah. This best-selling book is yours when you make a donation to Turning Point. For a gift of $75 or more, you'll receive the book, study guide, CD or DVD album, and more. And this month only, for just $60, you can receive this set immediately as a digital kit. Learn more and donate online at davidjeremiah.ca. Struggling with spiritual doubt doesn't make you a heathen. In fact, some of the most renowned icons of the faith had doubts too. And today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah shares examples along with biblical strategies for dealing with those difficult questions that sometimes slow your spiritual walk. To introduce the conclusion of his message, Slaying the Giant of Doubt, here's David. And thank you for joining us today. Yesterday we began a open discussion about what to do when you have doubts. How do you slay the giant of doubt in your life? And I think people are surprised when you tell them nobody gets through being a Christian without having a doubting time. Everybody has doubts at a time, and doubting is not sin. In fact, pursuing your doubts usually brings you to a much stronger faith than you would ever have without it. So much to be said about that, and we'll say some of those things in just a moment as we open our Bibles again and discuss this subject. I want to remind you that we still have before us in the list of giants procrastination and failure and jealousy. So don't give up on us. We're going to get to your problem before we're done. You can get a copy of the book that has all this information in it, all of the studies on these various problems. Uh, They're in a book called Slaying the Giants in Your Life. It's 200 pages of text to help you remember what we've taught and have it always available to you when you need it. You can also get the study guide from davidjeremiah.org. You order the study guide from our our website, and there's also a package of CDs, which gives you all of the audio teaching of the series. These resources come together to provide a very powerful way to do small groups. And I want to encourage you to take advantage of that, because the study guides are just what the participants need. The book is what you need, and the CDs will help you have confidence as you walk into every situation if you happen to be the facilitator of your group. Best of all, the group study is is riveted to the Scripture. It's not an opportunity to sit around and talk about how we feel about life. It's about listening to God's Word and making the adjustments in our life that will help us have a happier experience and a better life. So take advantage of the small group situation. I've told you how to do it. All you have to do is say, please send me the book, and we'll do it. It'll be in the mail to you just as soon as we get your request. Get the study guide and the CDs by going to our website, and you can order them right to your home. Well, tomorrow we're going to talk about one of those interesting subjects. We're going to talk about procrastination. I have a few people that I know who have a very hard time with that. I don't have an issue with that one. My issue is way at the top, discouragement. But procrastination, oh my goodness. Um, There's a lot of jokes about that. I'm not going to tell any of them right now. But tomorrow we'll talk about procrastination. Here's part two of Slaying the Giant of Doubt. There are a lot of things that we don't have answers to, but you know, there are many important questions in life that God does answer. And those answers are clear and we can know them and we don't have to doubt about them. We don't have to be concerned about their reality. Someone has suggested one of the ways to deal with this is to believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. 
If you think about that for a moment, that'll help you. Because if you're not careful, Satan will get a wedge into your life with some little question. Something that somebody asks in class. Maybe some teacher brings something up about evolution and you don't have the ready answer to it. Let me just tell you something. As someone who has studied this just a little bit, you have just as many answers as they do. And your answers are better. It takes more faith to believe the evolutionary hypothesis than it does to believe in creation if you study it correctly. Sometimes you may be disappointed because somebody has done something. They were a Christian leader or somebody you looked up to and they messed up. Listen, don't let any of these things blow you off course on your way toward the goal of really knowing Jesus Christ personally. The doubts that come to your life, if you are careful... And if you walk carefully in researching the answers, we'll bring you back to Christ. Let me suggest, fourthly, that doubts have the potential to deepen your faith. It is interesting that Thomas never would have had the opportunity to see Jesus as he saw him had he not doubted. Later on, I can imagine someone coming up to Thomas and saying, Thomas, do you believe that Jesus Christ came back from the grave? And Thomas would say, you know what? I had my hands on his body. I put my hand in the side where the spear went. I looked right smack into the nail prints in his hands and I put my fingers in there and saw. How did Thomas get that unparalleled opportunity? Because he doubted and he followed his doubts through to their solutions. On a separate occasion, when the other disciples were together, doubt was met in the very same way. Over in the book of Luke in the 24th chapter, We are told this, that he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. I want to say something to you today that I hope will encourage you. Honest doubts have the potential to build an indestructible faith. If you will follow those doubts, just as Jacob wrestled with God one night and came out a different person, when you wrestle with your doubts and honestly go after them, they can lead you to a strong faith in Almighty God. Now, sometimes we have to be honest about our doubts. We'll talk about that in a minute. Sometimes people say they have doubts, and it's just something they've decided they don't want to believe. So they chuck it over here and say, well, I have doubts. You know, a lot of people do that. We need to learn how to be honest about our doubts. One of the things that many doubters report is that when they begin to search for the evidence, the search does take them to the answer, but in the process of searching for the evidence, they find a relationship with God they never had before. And sometimes I've heard them say at the end, I don't even care about the answer anymore. I've found the Lord in a whole new way, and the answer is there, and I'm just going to rest and be sure of it and walk before our Lord. Finally, The last thing I want you to know as you face doubts is that doubts can define your faith. Somebody has said that there is more faith, believe me, in one doubt than in half the creeds. What that means is that when we follow a doubt all the way through to the resolution of it in our heart, that gives us the ability to say, like Thomas said, when he finally saw the Lord and touched his body and saw the nail prints and put his hand in his side. You remember what Thomas said? One of the greatest statements of declared faith in all of the word of God. He said, my Lord and my God. I wish I could have been there for that moment when the doubts of Thomas were once and for all put away. 
He sought for the answer. He followed hard after the evidence. And when he finally stood in the presence of the Lord Jesus, put his hands on his body and saw the nail prints and the side wound, it suddenly hit him. Yes, he did die in Jerusalem, but he's back from the grave, my Lord and my God. It's almost worth going through doubt to be able to say it with that kind of conviction, isn't it? You know, there's a kind of faith we have in Bible teaching churches like this one, where you get the Bible in Sunday school, you get the Bible in Christian school, you get the Bible in church in the morning, you get the Bible in church at night, and you grew up in your family and you got Bible at home and everybody's a Christian, everybody you know is a Christian, all of a sudden you just are a Christian because you're just like everybody else. Somebody has said that the way you describe faith like this, it's formaldehyde faith. Just think about that for a moment. Do you have formaldehyde faith? Faith that's just kind of pickled? Just kind of stored up? And if you ever need it, maybe it'll be there. You don't want to have that kind of faith. Living faith takes you into the questions about your faith. And let me tell you something that will help you. You don't have to lay awake at night thinking that you're going to come up with the one question that's going to pull everything out from under Christianity and it's all going to come tumbling down. I know we had some smart people here and some of y'all have great IQs, but I promise you, you can follow any question your heart desires about Christianity. And when you get to the answer, all it will do is make you stronger in your faith. It won't destroy your faith. I have a library where I study four walls full of books. I don't know, thousands of books written by men so smart. I can't even understand half of them. They have all gone down all the roads of doubt that I've ever experienced. And they've come out with strong, vibrant faith. And therefore, I know that God will give me the latitude and the boundary to search for the answers I need. And he'll do that for you. So how do you fight the giant of doubt? First of all, you face it and then you fight it. Let me just give you four or five practical things. First of all, you need to admit your doubts personally. You know, it's not very much fun to go to a testimony meeting when everybody else is standing up saying, you know, I'm all excited about what God's doing in my life. And, you know, God is great and life is great and witnessing is great. and My prayer life is great. And you're sitting back there with doubts. You you don't feel very good about standing up and say, you know what, let me give you my testimony tonight. My testimony is I really question God. I really doubt God. Nobody's going to say amen. And they're going to look at you and some of the glow will come off of your halo, I promise you. But that's where it starts, isn't it? Doubts that are buried often come back in agnosticism. But doubts that are dealt with will lead you to a greater and stronger relationship with Almighty God. The first thing you need to do if you're struggling with doubts is admit that to yourself. I've got some doubts. And then you need to articulate your doubts clearly. Why do you doubt? What is your doubt? Some people say, well, I'm just a doubter. Well, about what? You see, it's so easy for us, and Satan loves to do this, paint these broad brush pictures in our minds. And if we don't crystallize our thinking and articulate what's really going on in our lives, we will allow doubt itself, without ever defining it, to destroy us. So what do you doubt? Do you doubt the reality of the resurrection? Do you doubt that there is a God? Do you doubt that the Bible is the word of God? Do you doubt that Christianity is the one way to God, that there is only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ? What are your doubts? And why do you doubt? Is it because something you heard in class upset you? 
something you heard from a secular professor who's out to do everything he can to undermine the faith of the people who study in his classroom? If you just sit down for a moment and say, I've got these doubts, and you begin to crystallize them and write them down and articulate them, the more clearly you can articulate your doubts, the easier it will be for you to deal with them. And then acknowledge your doubts prayerfully. Here's the most important thing I want to say today, based upon the scriptures. Here's what you do with doubts. Watch this. Turn your doubts into questions. Turn your questions to prayers and turn your prayers to God. You say, you mean I'm supposed to tell God that I doubt him? When I get zapped? No. You won't get zapped. I'll tell you what, if you read the scriptures, you'll find out that many of the people whose lives are described in the word of God, they doubted. I think of Gideon. You remember old Gideon? Now the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, oh my Lord. If the Lord is with us, then why is all this happening to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now, Lord, the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Now, that's a great statement of faith, isn't it? You know, Lord, what's going on here? I don't understand why this is happening in my life. God had told Abraham and Sarah they were going to have a son. And they were both pushing a hundred. I mean, that could cause you to doubt, could it not? (laughs) But we're not talking about just anybody saying this. This was Almighty God saying this. Is anything too hard for God? Sarah not only doubted kids, she laughed at God. I mean, I don't suggest that. But she did. She laughed at God. When God told her she was going to have a baby, she laughed out loud. And she didn't know God was listening. Let me tell you something. God's always listening. (laughs) And he said, you laughed. And she said, no, I didn't. And God said, yes, you did. I heard you. (laughs) What was she doing? She was doubting God. I hate to tell you this, but my namesake, Jeremiah, doubted. In the book of Lamentations, in the third chapter, Jeremiah said this. He has hedged me in so that I cannot get out. He has made my chain heavy. Even when I cry and shout, he shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with hewn stone. He has made my paths crooked. If you go through the scriptures, you will find often that when people got discouraged, when they didn't know what to do, when the answers weren't plain, they often doubted out loud in prayer to God. If you read the Psalms, you'll see it everywhere. Do you need to tell God so that he can find out? No. You need to tell God so that you can hear yourself telling God what's going on in your heart. Once again, that makes it more understandable to you as you try to figure out what's going on in your life, as you pray. And then you need to analyze the evidence diligently. Just understand that if God's put a doubt in your heart, it's a little motivational program to get you going in a study so that you can learn something you didn't know. Young people, the whole secular educational program is built on the evolutionary foundation not just in the science courses, but in history and in every other course, it is all tainted by the humanistic evolutionary thought process. But you have never been in a better place to search out the true answers. There are hundreds of books you can understand that will take you toward creationism in a way that you will be able to debate with anybody on any level. I've watched some of the champions of creation science go up against the evolutionists. And I'm telling you what, you don't want to mess with them. 
I've never known them to lose. Why is that? We aren't sitting back here, poor little Christian people with no answers to the questions that people ask. The real issue is, do we have enough fortitude to go and get the answers? Because they're there if we want them. Don't just say, I don't understand evolution and they're making fun of me because I'm a Christian. Go get some answers. The answers are here in the word of God. And the answers are clearly understood if you want to know them. Analyze the evidence diligently. And then, I want to be real careful here, but let me just say this. You need to accept limitations humbly. And I want to talk about two limitations that you need to accept. First of all, accept your own. You know what? You're probably not the smartest person who ever lived. I know I'm not. And there's a lot of stuff I don't understand. You know, I study a lot. That's what I do. You know, I spend hours every week reading and studying, and I love to do it. But you know what I do? The more I study, I think I'm just now finding out how much I don't know. The more I study, the more I become aware of my ignorance. And there are areas where I get going in some research project for a message or something, and something will open up to me over here in another area, and I'll realize I don't know anything about that. And I just have to sometimes bow before Almighty God and say, Lord God, I want to understand this the best I can, but I know you're working with flawed merchandise here. I only got so much hard drive in this computer. (laughs) And Lord God, you're going to have to take this flawed human being and help me to understand to the best of my ability and keep giving me greater understanding. But Lord, I understand that there's a lot of stuff I don't understand. Amen? That's where you have to start, your own human limitations. But let me give you one other, and this is one I'm really frightened because I'm afraid somebody's going to misunderstand this. You need to also accept the limitations of the Bible. Whoa, I bet you can't believe I said that. I believe the Bible is the inspired word of God, that it is true from cover to cover. I believe that it is plenarily inspired and verbally inspired, that it is authoritative. I believe all of that. I spend my whole life in the word of God. But let me tell you something. Listen carefully. The Bible has all the truth that you need to know. But it doesn't have all the truth that there is. There are a lot of things the Bible doesn't address. A lot of things the Bible doesn't touch on. Wherever the Bible touches on anything, it's always true. But the Bible doesn't give you all the answers to every specific question you may want to ask. And if you don't understand that, you may say, well, I'm a Bible Christian and I went to the Bible and it doesn't have the answer. There are some things the Bible's not supposed to have the answer to, but listen to me carefully. When you get all done with that, you need to realize this, that all truth is still God's truth. If it's true, it's from God. He may just not have put it down in the word of God as a part of the revelation he wants to give to us. I see sometimes kids really get discouraged and adults as well because someone will come and say, well, what about this? Well, there'll be general principles in the Bible about that, but there won't be specific answers because that information's not there. I believe this book is the answer to every need I have in my life. And if I study it and make it a passion to know it better, I will be able to do life as God wants it done. But there are some things the Bible doesn't speak to. Some issues that aren't found in the word of God and you need to understand that. Finally, last but not least, you need to adjust to the complexity of the world. How many of you know this world is really complex? 
And we're just finding out about it. We're just finding out about this world. And it is so complex that the simple answer is there's no simple answer. Isn't that true? We're finite beings and we cannot always understand God's ways. And let me tell you, that's the way it should be. Somebody say, well, you know, what kind of God is that if we can't understand his ways? It's the only kind of God a God could be. Because if you could understand God, he couldn't be God. If God was down on your level where you comprehended everything about him, he would no longer be God. Thank God he revealed himself to us through his written word. Thank God he revealed himself to us through the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the word, the logos of God. But I don't understand a lot about God. I'm telling you. When you plumb the deepest resources of who God is, it's like you've just discovered a whole new galaxy. (laughs) And sometimes I find people, they want to put God in their own package. They want to be able to understand everything there is about God. Please hear me today. There is so much about God you will never know. Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans chapter 11. He said, oh, the depths both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord and who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him? For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. What is Paul saying? God is awesome. He is awesome. So awesome you will never be able to comprehend even a small portion of who he is. If he had not revealed himself to us, we would never be able to know him. Isaiah the prophet put it this way. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. My friends, I worship the incomprehensible God. I worship the awesome God. Spend my whole life trying to get to know him better and I can know him through his son, Jesus Christ. But I will never be able to plumb the depths of his greatness, nor will you. And when doubts come in that part of the complexity of the universe and the knowledge of who God is, you just have to relax and understand that you're in the same category with everybody else. Some unknown poet put it this way. He said, the world will never adjust itself to suit your whims to the letter. Some things will go wrong your whole life long, and the sooner you know it, the better. (laughs) It is folly to fight with the infinite and go down at last in the wrestle. The wiser man shapes into God's plan like the water shapes into the vessel. (laughs) Do you hear that? Lord, I don't understand all of this. I know it's you, but I'm just going to fall in line with where you're going along the way. If you want to give me some more understanding, that'll be great. But I know it's you. I know who you are. You're an awesome God. I love you. I want to worship you. And what I don't understand, I will worship. (laughs) Falling down before the awesome nature of God. So when the plane crashes and the note comes to your heart and written across the face of the note is the word why... You may never know the full answer. But your questions and your doubts will lead you to a deeper understanding of what you do know. And perhaps even to vistas of knowledge you never ever dreamed you would visit before. In walking with God and walking through doubts, you come to know him better. 
And I trust you can come at last to the place where Thomas did and say, My Lord and my God. Amen. Amen. Friends, I want to take a moment before we say our final goodbye today to tell you about our Alaska cruise that's coming up in July. It's the next big event on Turning Point's schedule. And uh, we always have such a great time. People ask me how many times I've been to Alaska, and I don't really know, but I know it's north of 30. I've been to Alaska over 30 times. And you say, why do you keep going back? It's my favorite thing to do every year. It is a wonderful experience. And I hope you will consider going with us. Uh, We're going to have some special guests during that week, along with all of our wonderful music and the teaching. We'll be privileged to have with us James Brown and Tony Dungy, NFL uh, gurus from CBS, wonderful friends, godly men, and they will be ministering to us in an interview fashion one night when my son Daniel, who works for the NFL Network, will interview them and we'll get to ask them questions and learn about what it's really like to do what they do. This will be an exciting time for all of us guys, and I think a lot of gals are going to come too. Women love this as much as we do, they just don't want to admit it. (laughs) My wife is almost more of a football fan than I am, and uh, I'm glad for that. We enjoy that together. Find out more about this cruise by going to davidjeremiah.org. All the information is there. We hope you'll make your reservation and come with us in July. And we'll see you here tomorrow. The message you just heard originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Dr. David Jeremiah, the senior pastor. How are you being encouraged by this ministry? Write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's book, Slaying the Giants in Your Life, and learn how to banish the giants from the promised land of your life. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions with notes and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue slaying the giants in your life on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. American author Frederick L. Collins has come up with the most unique way of dividing humanity I have ever seen. He says there are two types of people in the world. Those who come into a room and say, well, here I am, 
and those who come into a room and say, Ah, there you are. I could preach a sermon using that quote to illustrate the biblical meaning of humility, what it means to focus on others instead of ourselves. But I'll save the sermon for later and simply close by asking, Which kind of person are you and am I? How do we enter a room? This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's definition of humility on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.